Lined into left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady. And welcome inside episode 78 of Breaking Bats, presented by Not For Long Media. My name is Justin Ayers, and I am joined, as always, by Kate Maniscalco. Uh, we're back. You know, we haven't done a Kate and I episode in a little bit. Had 4th of July off, done a couple interviews in the, in the interim. It's good to be back. Take Back to our roots, as I like to say. Uh, Kate, how are you? I'm doing great. This is so fun. Justin and I were in a little silly, goofy mood before we started recording, but we're locked in. It's trade season. I'm I'm ready to go. But how are you? How is your what is it? Thursday? Thursday. Yes. So this is a Friday, rare Friday podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason we did this, we had a we had a reason in mind. It's because the MLB trade deadline is fast approaching. And if we would have taped this at our normally scheduled podcast recording time, we would have been completely misguided about Shohei Otani. We'd have been spreading fake news about Lucas Giolito. So we're we're not about that. We're here to lock it in. A lot of deals have already happened. A lot left to go. MLB trade deadline special extravaganza bonanza, I think is what we're going to call it. Might be a little long for the Spotify title, yeah. but uh, it's my favorite time of the year. And like a lot of other sports, it's hard to have a, a trade deadline. Like take football. There's not a lot happening at the NFL trade deadline because guys go from team to team. They have to learn a whole new playbook. It's harder to get assimilated. It's the best, best at all four major sports. I feel like trade deadline. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like in MLB specifically too, it's extremely dramatic. Teams quite literally wait till the last minute to trade people. Just an example this weekend, the Yankees came out and said, yeah, it's going to depend how the series goes against the Orioles. The deadline's in four days. It's right around the corner. And they're saying, nope, we're getting, we think we can push it back three more days until the very last day to make a decision. So I think it's exciting. I think it's thrilling. I'm pumped. I'm here for it. That's that you're right because a lot is determined about how teams like how well teams do in the days up to the deadline. And there is always like I think it's like was it August 1st? It used to be July 31st, which I love, but then they moved it back a day. But I always just get like the flashbacks of like in college where you have like an online quiz due at like 11 59 like p.m. And then there's teams I just picture teams doing that with trades where they're like bringing their laptop to the bar and they're like trying to fill in the answers really quick. Like they they have like no idea what's happening. Teams that are sellers could become buyers. Teams that are buyers could become sellers. You look on Twitter and there's a lot of weird jargon. It's, a, it's MLB beat reporter season right now, I feel like, too. Yes. Jeff Passan notifications are on. Ken Rosenthal notifications on. Every single fo- time my phone like beeps, I jolts. I get so nervous that something crazy is going to happen. So I'm, it gets the adrenaline up, which is what we love. It's great. It's like drugs. MLB trade season is like... <laughs> It's literally like drugs, in my opinion. It's great. It's nice. I'm just going to leave that one alone. Um, <laughs> uh, we have a whole bunch of stuff. Previews, team previews, a little palate cleanser at the end. Just, you know, because we, we're very trade heavy on this Friday. Uh, so we'll get right into it. We're going to run down the list. We're going to do a little, you know, setting of the table, if you will, about the teams that are for sure sellers who have already done some selling in some cases. Um, This is a controversial one, but I think the Chicago Cubs 
and we'll talk about them more later. I think they I think they're going to be definite sellers. I know they want they're on a hot streak. I think I'll probably save I'll save my takes for for later on in the show, but I have the Cubs as a seller. Um White Sox cross town definite sellers. Rockies, they're 20 games under 500. Might as well. Uh Royals, A's, Cardinals, and unfortunately, my Washington Nationals. Um I have those all as definite sellers. Anybody stand out? I feel like the Cubs it deserves a larger conversation. Cubs definitely deserve a large, larger conversation. I do agree with all of them. Obviously, I think the one that's most shocking to me looking at at this point in the season, when you, if you take it back to, you know, the winter is the Cardinals selling at the deadline. It, it's just nuts. And I think they were the first ones to really come out and say, yes, we are, we're definitely going to sell. Like we're getting, we're going to get rid of some guys. It's going to happen, but that one, not right now, it's the most shocking. But if you would have told me this in December, January, I would have been absolutely shocked. Cardinals are all class. That's a top, that's a first class organization. They're going to get out ahead of it. They're like, hey, no surprises. Everybody's leaving. That's, that's what, that's all you could say about the Cardinals. Classiest organization in baseball. Absolutely. Um, I think there's a couple on the bubble, which I'm the first one, as soon, as soon as I say it, people would be like, no, they're, they're, they clearly have a direction as the Pirates. I, I don't think they've technically already been sellers with Carlos Santana, but I don't think they'll be sellers to the degree that people expect. Uh, the New York Mets, kind of on that bubble. We'll talk more about them. Uh, the Detroit Tigers, that probably could have been a definite seller, hindsight, but uh, they have guys that are available. So I don't know. There's, there's a lot of maybe, could be's. I mean, I think I think the Mets are definitely selling. I think I know a lot of people say maybe could be they haven't per, they haven't really turned it around as much as I would have liked them to in July and I think because of that they are going to need to sell. That's way too many expensive contracts in my opinion, but again, we can get more into that we'll later on. It. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of sets the stage for where we're at right now on this July 27th, several days out from the MLB trade deadline. We're going to start though with our top story because this is somebody that I think most of us expected would get traded, uh, and then he's just not. So Shohei Otani, the Angels, announced that they are keeping their two-way superstar sensation in L.A. He is a free agent this offseason. People were like, oh, man, imagine the trade packages. Even for a rental, probably give up a whole bunch of good prospects for him. The Angels, they're, they're viewing themselves as buyers, and they went out and acquired Lucas Giolito, but we'll talk about that in a second. But first... The Otani news that he will be in, in L.A. until his vacation in October when they don't make the playoffs. What was your reaction? I want to say surprise, but I wasn't. I really don't. I didn't think he was going to get traded. I didn't think the Angels were going to give him up. Initially, I said he doesn't want to play for a team that's not going to compete in the playoffs, but they're not, they weren't completely out of playoff contention. So I had a feeling he would stay in Anaheim. The Giolito pickup, though, that's what absolutely shocked me. What was your initial initial Shohei reaction? I was just, I mean, it, it, it frustrated me because, the, like, the Angels as a team are, they, they're, they're so confused. They, first of all, they haven't made the playoffs since 2014. So I think Mike Trout was, like, a second or third year. Ever since then, they have not made the playoffs, and it's, it's been a joke, and it's kind of been funny that they've wasted Mike Trout's prime and Mike Trout just goes home to New Jersey and goes hunting every October. Um, actually, I don't even know if he'd like to play in the playoffs because that would probably interfere with deer season. So I think I think he's probably 
everybody's like, oh, why did he resign in LA? It's like, dude, whitetails are in October. Um, it's very, it's very specific. Yeah. I want to make as much money as I can. I want to have as much free time in October to go home to Millville. Um, but I, I just, I, I really, I didn't expect them to be buyers because let's, let's check standings as of today. The angels are 53 and 49. They're six and a half out of first in the wild card though. I think Ken Rosenthal said, said that this is the closest they've been to the playoffs in since 2017, I think. Yeah, four games out of the wild cards, the closest they've been to a playoff spot on this date since 2017. Um, They've had Mike Trout that whole time. Yeah, (laughs) they've had Mike Trout. Future Hall of Famer, arguably one of the best players in baseball. This is such a bad idea. Like this, I I know that like, even as a rental, Otani could have brought back a lot and maybe the Angels were overvaluing what, what they could have gotten back in a trade for him. But this is just... This is the wrong idea. We're going to look back at two months and be like, all you got was a compensation pick when he goes across town to play for the Dodgers. Do you think it devalues Otani then in free agency? Because they didn't, do you think he would have been worth more right now as opposed to trying to get him in somewhere else in free agency? Um, That's a great question. I don't know. I I, I think that like, the, the, the allure of keeping him in L.A. for the rest of the season was partly based on money, based yeah. on the, the ticket sales, the jersey sales. He, he's chasing Aaron Judge's home run record. Um, yep. All these things. And I think the, the owner was, just wasn't comfortable enough with the idea of, of trading him. I think they honestly should have dealt him last, off, or last trade deadline or even last offseason. They, they could have gotten that Soto package of, of five top prospects and some major league ready guys. I, I don't know. This is just this is just a bad idea. I, I think it would be hard for them to, to tell their fans that like, hey, we're trading the best player ever, but they should have did it. Yeah, that's another thing. The backlash they would have received. Twitter also has just been in an uproar today. Everyone tweeting the Giolito trade saying, oh yeah, okay, go, go make a push for the playoffs. I will be very disappointed though if with this they don't get it to the playoffs, especially with now... I feel like, in my opinion, everybody makes the playoffs. So the, if they can't get into the playoffs right now, I, like, how do you move on from that? Uh, it would be it would be funny. A lot of things the Angels have done have been funny. Let's just That's take true. a trip down memory lane. Please. They gave Albert Pujols 10 years. He couldn't walk by the end. That was funny. They gave Josh Hamilton five years, I think $125 million in the offseason. He was the worst hitter in baseball. They had to cut him. That was pretty funny. They've never been able to find starting pitching. It's pretty funny. They kept the best player on the planet when they weren't. I can already guarantee they won't make the playoffs this year. And all they got was a first round compensation pick. That's going to be like pick 31 or something. That's pretty funny. So for me, as not a fan of the Angels, objectively speaking, that's great. I'm thoroughly enjoying this. It's entertaining. It's entertaining for baseball fans at the, the very least. I will say... While I wasn't surprised he was leaving, I was kind of hoping he would get traded somewhere because that news would just break the internet. That would just be insane. Finding Soto out where news. Shohei would go in the middle of the season. I want him to go to the Orioles for it. I wanted the Orioles to <laughs> muster up all the prospects, send, send all the prospects to Anaheim in exchange for Otani. Nope, don't nope. like that. Nope. You don't want that? Didn't, I, I, don't, I don't want him. We, we're in first place without him, and I prefer to hold on to Jackson Holiday. I was uh, going to say Jackson Holiday. Yeah, that's for sure, for sure who they would have wanted. Uh, 19-year-old shortstop extraordinaire 
hitting mm-hmm. bombs in double A. Um, so that was Wednesday night. Heel turn of events. Angels then acquired Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez from the White Sox in exchange for their number two and three overall prospects, Edgar Cuero and Kai Bush. Um, first of all, it is speaking of things that are objectively hilarious. Giolito and Lopez have been packaged in a trade together twice now. No way. <laughs> Once from the Nationals to the White Sox, and now from the White Sox to the Angels. So that's kind of funny. Uh, kind of weird. Those guys are tied at the hip, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's like a package deal. Yeah, they're trade buddies. They have to go they everywhere are. together. It's a package. It's <laughs> can't get one without like the other. Them, I'd like to see them get traded together a third time if that's possible. Yeah, I don't logistically know how that would work. Um, but th- they, I've never seen a quicker 180 than the Angels going from. We're exploring and accepting like bids for Shohei Otani to oh hey we just got a we got him a friend, multiple <laughs> friends. I know, I know. It's, I mean, Giolito is probably the best pitcher on the market right now. One of the best ones is he, you know, like a difference maker. I don't, I don't know if he's a big difference maker. Initially, I kind of thought that, but now that I'm, you know, really diving in, thinking about it. I don't know if that was the best move, but I guess that may help them. They need starting pitching. So what do you think? You think Giolito is going to take them to the playoffs? No, no, (laughs) of course he isn't. It's yes. He, so out of all the pitchers that were like, for sure, they are a hundred percent getting dealt. He was the best. Yeah. I think because there's like, sure. You could say Dylan cease, but I don't think they're trading him, and I don't think he ever really was dangled out there. He has a couple mm-hmm. years of control left, so he couldn't be in that category. Look at the Mets, Scherzer, Verlander. They're probably keeping both. They aren't in there. So it's like Marcus Stroman, Montgomery, like uh, Flaherty. I mean, these guys are threes, twos at best. Yeah. I mean, I'd argue that Giolito's in that same kind of category, but he's a, maybe he's a tick above that. Um, this is just sad. This is just This is just sad what the Angels are doing. Like, I, I can't stress this enough. I I would put everything I own on the Angels not making the playoffs this year. Really? They're just not. They're just not. You got to kind of hope they make the playoffs, though, after this. No. With Otani? Otani like and to... Trout deserve to be in the playoffs together. Well, that's always been the argument. You know what I mean? But I, again, though, like, they... They're just going to be known for that. That's their thing. They try, they spend all this money, they go out and get these players, and they still don't make the playoffs. It's like death taxes and the Angels taking vacations in October. That's what happens. I'm rooting for the Angels. I am. But I I can absolutely see them not making the playoffs and then the fan base even hating this team even more. Seventh highest remaining strength of schedule belongs to the Angels. They have to play the Braves, the O's, six against the Rays, six against the Rangers, three against the Astros, and three against the Blue Jays. Uh, and then the, their like remaining teams that they can stack some wins against that aren't very good are only the A's, the Tigers, and the Mets. And so, I mean, Tigers could—you never know—and the Mets, the Mets could come out. All of those, like Braves, Orioles, Rays, Rangers, Astros, Blue Jays. That's 24 games right there. I just, I think I just did the math correctly. I believe that's 24 games. I don't even know how, I think they might have a losing record in that span. Yes. I don't know. It's going to be tough. It's just like, 
also broader implications of this deal. And I know we've, I know we've talked a lot about this today, but mm-hmm. um, this has completely messed up the trade market. This is completely like other teams are probably sitting there going, oh, like, what the hell, man? That's what they're saying when they have the MLB network on. They see Giolito and Lopez, who's a has like a four and a half ERA as a reliever, and Giolito, who's gotten beaten up his last couple starts. They for also as a rental, both are rentals for a team's number two and three overall prospect. And I know you could say the Angels farm system sucks, so their number two and three aren't other teams two and three. But still, like that's your top that's that's your top three top two prospects or whatever. So other teams are looking at like if you wanted a guy that wasn't a rental, like what would you have to give up? Everything. Ever, yeah. The deed to your own house, I think. A kidney. That's what it would take. <laughs> your kidney. A piece of the organization. <laughs> yes. Like literally, like name some ridiculous price. That's what you have to pay now because yes. the angels just ran out there and just like, here, take them. We don't want them. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think a theme for today is probably just false hope. I think that's a theme for most trade deadlines. That's a good where people one. Are false hope. I like false that. hope. We wanted to get all all literary on us. Um, that's what this is. This is false hope. This is sad. And now you get to watch as Otani goes and signs with the Dodgers in the offseason, which he for sure is going to do. That's your pick, Dodgers? 100%. I can 100%. see the Giants swooping in. Giants swooping in, giving him the, a big package. You drank the Giants Kool-Aid like I have every year. We'll talk more <laughs> about the Giants. We have some predictions coming up. Yes. So it's it sucks. As a trade deadline as a whole, it sucks because I I was really wanting to see the passing bomb for the Otani trade. I wanted the Orioles to trade for Giolito. Yeah. So sad day, bad day. I agree. I was the passing. I mean, can you just think about Twitter? Can you think about someone texting you be like, "Did you see Passin's tweet?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend that probably no. do that too. Yeah. It'd be so fun. Justin would have sent me it. Two million percent. I've been the first <laughs> first little send. Look. I live on Twitter, so yes. or X. Is it? Tw- do you call it Twitter or X now? Is that a new thing? Because I went to sign in on my laptop and it was a big X. Yeah, I I think it's. I think he just completely rebranded it. I think it's if you still go to Twitter.com, I think it's still Twitter. I don't okay. know. I'll still totally. be on the bird. I, I'm not going to switch over to Threads. I'm not doing it. I'm literally not going to Threads. I can't handle another social media platform. I'm sorry, I won't do it. And a shittier one at that. <laughs> no, there's no redeeming qualities about threads other than it's not Twitter. It's very true. Like, I think the only people that actively use threads are like big brands. And that's only because like they have like some social media guru being like, you have to do it. It's a new platform. Build your following. Yep. Not about it. Make- I'm not on threads. You can't find me there. Can't really find. Yeah. Can't really find content on there too. You can't search by topics. You have to, it's, I don't know. Nope. Red's confused. Scroll central. I don't like it. It's good. I like that. Um, okay. Uh, if we wanted to look more broadly again, we're going to keep zooming out. Um, top trade candidates remaining. I think most of them are probably just the pitchers. Uh, it's probably Stroman at this point, Montgomery, Eduardo Rodriguez. It's another Tiger. Um, yeah. It's there. There's a lot of guys that are on the maybe could be being traded. But we'll talk more about that. We've already kind of mentioned the two Mets guys. I don't think they're going anywhere. But yeah, um, it's going to be an underwhelming deadline. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anything super dramatic happening, which is disappointing. 
Yeah. Not, I mean, not for the players, but the players are probably like, yeah, this is great. But you know, for outsiders, you kind of want some spice. I, yeah, I saw like, they're, they're trying to, they're, I think the beat writers are trying to make this into a bigger thing than it probably actually is. They're like, Nolan Arenado, could he waive his no trade to go to the Dodgers? And somebody's like, he absolutely will. And then his agent through Mark Feinstein or whatever was like, no, he, that's not right. Yep. And so, people thought but, like Goldschmidt, they'd, they'd trade Goldschmidt. And now I don't think that's happening. Yeah. It's just going to be a bunch of number three and four starters being traded, a couple platoon rentals and, here, here we are, twenty minutes in. That's that's all we have to talk about is a couple couple platoons and some back end guys. But we're still going to talk about it because they still count. Yeah. Um, we're going to kind of shift gears now. We're going to talk more broadly about what teams are going to be doing at the MLB trade deadline. We'll start with Kate's Yankees. Um, Kate, I'll let you go first. Uh, sure. What are the Yankees doing at the deadline? I think. They're not going to buy super big. They were very aggressive last year. I remember they did a lot at the deadline. Cashman, how they went they went to work. I mean, they, they got Bader. They got Montas. They traded Montgomery. There was a lot going on. This year, I don't anticipate it being that big because they do have Judge coming back. Boone said on Talking Yanks, you know, we got Judge come back. We got uh, Nestor Cortez coming back. Uh, Loiska's coming back. So we got guys in-house that we can use, which I understand. I do think they need an outfielder because I think if I have to watch another infielder play the outfield, I'm going to pull my hair out. So I do want them to go get a left fielder, preferably a lefty, because again, the short porch and our current lefties aren't you know doing too much. I would love to see them get Cody Bellinger. They did send a scout out to go look at him, whatever that means. I don't know what that means that we're sending a scout to go look at Cody Bellinger. I guess this is like the college days, how you get recruited. I didn't know that happens at the professional level, but I do have a feeling that would include having to give up Glaber Torres, who is currently the number one hitter on the Yankees right now. But we'll see. Okay. I was doing a bunch of research on this. I was scrolling the athletic. Rose, Ken Rosenthal's talked a lot about this, is that the Yankees are up against it in terms of the luxury tax threshold. And yes. they're out, they're already one and a half one point one million dollars above that, and I feel like if they go any higher, they're going to be pushed back ten slots in the draft. If they can't get under that two ninety three number. Um, they, I don't think they want to give up the draft picks. I don't think they want to keep paying the fines that are associated with it. I think if the cash man can get under that by wheeling and dealing a couple guys, even if you have to sell low on some of them, I feel like that's probably more valuable in the long term. Ultimately, this is still a last place team, so let's try to keep a little little perspective um be a little realistic. i just like saying that too like the last place new york yankees okay it's just fun it's just it's fun, fun to say i'm sure yeah. that's fun for you it is it's i'm thoroughly enjoying it so i pulled up their impending free agents severino montas who i think he's you said he's coming back but he's still like on the 60 day right i i know nestor cortez come back montas i don't know oh. when he's coming back i'm gonna be honest okay that's I don't think there's a timetable on him. I'll double check though. I, IKF's a free agent. Bader's a free agent. Wani yes. Peralta, the bullpen's a free agent. I've seen some stuff where like, could they deal Bader? I'm like, I feel like the outfield's tough enough. I feel like yeah, they want to keep agree. him. So if anything, get rid of Severino. That would be selling low, but you'd save five mil. They'd really have to, Severino doesn't, they're not going to get a lot for Sevi if they put him on the market. Um, they would get a lot for Bader, but again, I mean, the outfield, 
we already have a lot of infielders. If this was an infield situation, I can understand. But from an outfielder perspective, we need all the help you can get right now. Can't really give up Bader. No, and that's why I'm like, I don't quite understand that if you're just looking from an impending free agent, what they could do with the deadline. I don't think they're going to be in that splashy zone. They've already tried to get Lane Thomas away from the Nationals. I think the Nationals are keeping him. So keep your grubby mitts off of my outfielder. Um, <laughs> Dylan Carlson, I think, would be a good one. That I don't know if he's left rumored. here already. That was definitely rumored. But in the beginning, Dylan. like earlier this month, that was rumored. Uh, he's a switch hitter. He's he's batting 230, so he'd blend in really well with the Yankees. Um <laughs> That was a nice dig. Coming. That was a nice dig, Justin. Thank you. <laughs> I just, I think they're going to be a little buying, a little selling, um, get creative with it. I think the selling part will be kind of weird for the Yankees because they don't do that often. But I, I think that's that's one of my hotter takes is that the Yankees will be a little bit more active in the selling department than people would think. I do agree. And the last time they had they sold was in 2016, and obviously they didn't, you know, clear house like other teams have done, but they did sell a significant amount yeah. of players in 2016. But again, if you think about the timetable six, seven years ago, that's insane. That was the last time they were considered sellers at the deadline. So I do think that they want to hold that reputation as well as we're not just going to, you know, give up as many guys as we possibly can. It's, it's very funny when you see all throughout Yankees Twitter too. just sell the team, just sell it, rebuild for next year. They already want to write them off in the middle of the season Teams above 500. I understand they're in last place, but seriously, like, I think the Cardinals are doing a lot worse than the Yankees. Ooh. Well, let's pull let's pull up our old friend strength to schedule. Uh, Please. Because now it looks like the Yankees have swapped places with the Angels, and they have the seventh highest strength of schedule. They have to play the Braves, the Orioles, the Rays six times, the Astros seven times, the Blue Jays six times, and the Brewers three times. So... They got the guy coming back. They got big, big judge coming back. Okay. <laughs> the Astros should make Yankees fans everywhere tremble at the thought, but. It's true. You know, but also you and Manel too, they are back. So, I mean, can't really say much. It's an interesting time to be a Yankees fan. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a great time to be an Orioles fan because the Baltimore Orioles are sitting pretty. They're in first place. As of taping this, they are 62 and 40. They are a game and a half up on the Tampa Bay Rays in first place in the American League East. Uh, I pulled this up because on July 1st, the Orioles were six and a half games behind the Rays. And on July 27th, they're a game and a half up. So what a month. What a month. What a, what a month. For Orioles fans such as myself and Adley Rutschman fans such as Kate, it's been a great time. It's, I'm envious. I'm very envious of the Baltimore Orioles fans right now. Just because also, kind of like an underdog story, you know what I mean? This team also just breeds young talent like nobody else i can't get over the farm system jackson holiday's insane gunner henderson is making plays that i've never even seen before this kid's electric they're just so fun to watch honestly if the yankees get knocked out of the playoffs which you know it's looking like that right now um i'm going o's i'm going o's in the postseason so i'm excited for them i do think though long term obviously pitching is going to get you far in the playoffs i think they they're going to need a pitcher they're going to need, I think, a couple pitchers because yeah. – uh, and you're right. They do have, they have seven prospects in the top 77 overall. So um, shout out Elias and company. They they <laughs> need bullpen. They need, they need starters. And I feel like that could be literally pick – and any other team in baseball, I feel like those are the two needs that every team has. It's like, hey, more pitching. Um, the rotation, 
it's it hasn't worked out the way people thought. Like Tyler Wells is your ace right now. I love Tyler Wells, but I think at the beginning of the year, like people people didn't expect that is maybe what I'm trying to get at. Yes. Uh, their acquisition, Cole Irvin, hasn't really panned out either. Grayson Rodriguez has pitched better, but he still had a rough start. Um, they need a starter and the bullpen. I know they have Yanir Cano and Felix Bautista, but getting to those guys is tough. They ha- they need a middle reliever. So my prediction Ooh. is I think they're going to go out and I wanted Gilito, but he's not there anymore. They're going to get Jordan Montgomery. They're going to get Jordan Montgomery, lefty into that rotation, has pitched in the AL East, has some postseason experience. Yeah. He's a rental. He'll be cheaper. They can hold on to Jackson Holiday. I think he makes sense more than any other pitchers that are available. I don't think they're going to get Stroman. Stroman has the player option for next year, and he can opt out this year. So it's like if he pitches well, he's a rental, and if he sucks, you're stuck with him. So I don't think that entices a lot of teams. Also, guys had a rough go of it too. Guys had a what, what, his last like five starts. How many runs has he given up? Uh, seven. And five, one, four, and five, seven spot stuff. So, yeah, uh, maybe he's tanking his value. Maybe he wants to leave Chicago that bad. Maybe he's making himself cheaper. Could be. I like the Jordan Montgomery pickup. I just looked it up. Last five games, two point four three ERA, two thirteen opponent average. It's his WHIP one point oh eight. So, and Jordan, like you said, the postseason experience. Monty's good. I think he's good mm-hmm. under pressure. I will say, I think he's more of like a spotty pitcher. It's like really good starts okay start so you kind of never really know obviously it's I don't think there was one pitch on the market that's like oh yeah he's yeah I, I wanted to see Shane Bieber there but they just, he's on 60 day IL, I want to say he just went on the IL mm-hmm. so obviously that's you know out of it but and again we said Verlander Scherzer I think they're staying put in New York so I think Monty is the next next best thing I agree with the Monty take I like it I, it would have been Dylan Cease but even he has yes. a four ERA so it's yes. like he hasn't been on it this year. So I think given what's out there and what the Orioles could do, I think that also don't sleep on this. And I told this to my friend who's an Orioles fan and he called me a dumb dumb because he doesn't think this is going to work, but um, they could also be players for another outfielder. And I know they have a gluttony of position players right now. They have a hard time finding playing time for the guys they have already, but Mullins is still on the IL Hicks is on the IL. I know Mullins has just started running again, but in the event that they are looking for outfielders slash utility players, uh, I have two guys, and I want to be first. In, uh, I want I want the credit to go to me in case they ever actually do go to Baltimore. So please credit heirs for president. Um, Nick Senzel on the Reds. The Reds are in the same spot we are. They got too many position players. Nick Senzel has two years left. He mashes against lefties, hits three thirty three. Guy plays five different positions too, so he can circle around a little bit. Um, I think he could be a very interesting piece if you wanted to platoon him with somebody in the outfield, like a, I don't know, like a Kowser. Uh, also, Randall Gritchick, probably the the best platoon outfielder available. Guy mashes lefties, three hits 360 off of him. He's batting 313 on the season overall. So please credit me in case either one of those go to Baltimore. Thank you. I liked I liked that pitch. I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan. I I, I agree. With both, when you mentioned the Reds, I want your take because I know you're a big Reds guy. We're, we're Justin knows a lot about the Reds, so I do want to ask his opinion. When I saw, and we mentioned this weeks ago, when they called up Ellie, Justin said on this podcast, I just, I really hope they don't trade Jonathan India. And it's rumored that he's on the market. Where do you see, where do you see Jonathan India going? 
that you had to predict. It sucks because like, I know this is a big topic of discussion on Red's Twitter. People have, Kirk Herbstreet has weighed in on this topic. Um, I, I, I think they keep him. Really? Should they? Okay. Maybe. Because guys like the, the vocal leader of the clubhouse, he's still having a fantastic offensive season. Mm-hmm. What is he at? He's, he has uh, 14 home runs, which is tied for the most on the team. They, the infield's a problem, though. They, they have Christian Encarnacion Strand already up to. They have, like, they have a gluttony of infielders, so they really would need to figure this out somehow. But um, work him in in the outfield, I guess. Has he done that already? I don't. I hope he. I hope they have. I haven't kept up with this. Um, no, he's not played the outfield at all. So that probably wouldn't be an option this late into the season. Yeah, I I, I could see him keeping him. I just saw that and I said, "Oh my gosh, I got to ask Justin because this was his exact reaction when they called a belly." He said, "I just at, where are we putting Jonathan India? What are we gonna do? That's a lot of infielders." I don't know how they've all like they just keep calling him up. It's like an infield factory. <laughs> It's like Matt McLean's here. Oh, Ellie's here. Oh, Encarnacion Strand's here. And it's like, yeah. I feel like there's still other guys. So yeah. I, I don't know. There's probably other ways they could get around this. Um, but God, yeah, I don't, I don't envy the GM in, in Cincinnati right now. It's like, what, what awesome player do we have to get rid of? It's true. It's so true. And like, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see where he goes though. If he goes anywhere, I'm, a team will be lucky to have you, Jonathan India, if yeah. you're listening to this podcast. Former Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India. Guy's a stud. Great head of hair. Um, okay. We interrupt this episode to bring you a word from the official sponsor of Not For Long Media and the Breaking Bass podcast, the original Fudge Kitchen. It is a staple of the Jersey Shore with six locations in Cape May, Wildwood, North Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. The original Fudge Kitchen makes all of their fudge in-store guaranteed a delicious product, so stop by and let them know that Not For Long Media and Breaking Bats sent you. Check them out online at fudgekitchenswithans.com as they are shipping fudge and sweet treats all across the country. Now back to the episode. Uh, predictions time. We're going to shift Ooh. gears here. Um, I'm going to give a couple prompts, and we're going to get into it. The most active team at this year's trade deadline will be who? Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. Look at his face. Why? I'm not going to say, hear me out on this. Uh, when I think the Tampa Bay Rays, I think they had a rough month. Everyone goes through a little bit of blips. I have a feeling they're going to go out and get a big bat. I don't know where. I'm not saying they're going to go out and get, you know, three, four, five people, because obviously they don't need that. But I think they go get a difference maker offensive player, in my opinion. Okay. They were okay. sniffing Otani, and also they're sniffing in on Bellinger. And they're also checking out on Lance Lynn and Eduardo Rodriguez. So they're kind of just shotgun approach. Like, who's available? We'll take a, we'll take whoever. Oh, I could see Lance Lynn. That could be a good pickup. Lance Lynn to the Tampa Bay Rays. They could definitely use another one, another pitcher. So that could be fun. Everybody could use a pitcher. Um, Everybody can use another pitcher. <laughs> literally every team is like, yeah. should we get another pitcher? <laughs> it's it's kind of like when you're, do you think, should we get another pitcher? It's like when you're at a bar with like your friends and somebody's like, should we get another round? And it's just kind of like, I think we could probably do another round, right? We could do another one. We could definitely we do use another one. Uh, yeah, waiter, waiter, please. I think we're going to do one more round. I, I don't know. I think we're getting another round. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I the raise and I think that's what pitching is. This It's it's another beer at the bar. Um, Give me I yours. think the most active team at the deadline will be the Texas Rangers. Ooh, okay. Good pick. 
Good pick. They, they, they're feeling the Astros breathing down their necks. That's it's been a wild series down there in Houston. Um, I, they, the offense is fine. Maybe they could look for another outfielder DH type, but that rotation could use some help. Um, I know that like guys like, you know, the potential AL Cy Young, Nathan need of all these good, like Sean Gray has been good, but that back end, I don't think they're completely sold on like Martin Perez and Andrew Heaney. So that being said, I think there'll be players for some starting pitching. The bullpen is also like one of the worst in baseball. It's the fourth worst bullpen in baseball, mm-hmm. even with Chapman. So expect them to be playing the, the bullpen game, trying to see what arms are out there. I haven't seen a lot of non-closers mentioned. Every time I see like bullpen yeah. pieces, it's like hater, Bednar. And it's like, give me a middle inning guy. Yeah. Give me a middle reliever, please. So I don't know. Maybe Jordan Hicks just literally pick a Cardinal. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> they're just offering up the Cardinals for sacrifice. Ooh, nice sacrifice. <laughs> Yes, I, I will accept this St. Louis Cardinal into my team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that'll be the Texas Rangers this year. Uh, all right, the mystery team. There's always a mystery team. I love it. Eat hot stove time too. There's always one that swoops in. Who's swooping in? To do something big? Yeah, got it. they're going to go out. A team that nobody's even been rumored to, or for the most part. Rumored to not do anything. Ooh, maybe the Toronto Blue Jays go out and do something wacky. I'm sticking with my AL East because I feel like they could also, I mean, now I sound like a broken record. They could also use pitching, but I feel like everyone's kind of sleeping on the Blue Jays right now and they're ahead of the Red Sox and the Yankees. So I could definitely see them going out and doing something at the deadline. That would be pretty zany. Um, I think San Francisco Giants, and I've talked about this briefly earlier, but I have just picked the Giants as my sleeper team, my mystery team. Um, I, they were in, Let's not forget, they were in on Bryce Harper. They were in on Stanton. They were in on Judge. They almost had Judge. They almost had Carlos Correa, too. So they want to get that guy. I think they go out and they fill the shortstop hole because I love Brandon Crawford, but that guy's tough to watch. So Mm -hmm. Paul DeYoung, literally, pick a Cardinal. Welcome to the Giants. I think think they go out, and also I think they probably get another pitcher if they can. But that could also just be any other team because it's just like Logan Webb and Alex Cobb rock, and it's like you look at the back and you're like, yikes. Yeah. I just, so, it's tough because I feel like a lot of teams need pitching and there's just not many on the market. I think this third wild card's really messed that up. It's, yeah. Going back to false hope, teams that are like six games out of that third wild card are like, are we going to mess around and go to the playoffs? Are we, can we, can we get to the are playoffs we? this year? I think we, we might. I think we're going to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's thanks, Rob Manfred. You've your third wild card and your extra TV revenue has completely obliterated a good trade deadline. Um, True. Least active team that people thought would be sellers but won't be. I have the Cardinals because initially I thought they were going to clear the house. I'm not even kidding. I thought they would actually clear out the entire roster because again, they come out and they say they're going to do that, and then. Couple days later, it's like, no, no, we're not, we're not going to get rid of Goldschmidt. They were like, everyone was freaking out, saying they're going to get rid of Goldschmidt. Now they're not doing that. So I feel like, again, the only ones they might give up are Flaherty and Motti, in my opinion. And I don't think that's really clearing the house. I don't think people are really going to. No offense to these two pitchers, love them to death, but I don't think people are really going to cry about them leaving. Like I don't think it's a like a heartbreaking type of thing. 
So those, those are my picks, St. Louis Cardinals. I don't think they're going to really clear out the roster. Yeah, you're right, because people thought this would be like, you're pushing all the stuff out to the curb. We're having a, having a yard sale. We'll get, yep. I'll take a dollar for this guy. Yeah, I, yep. I think that's what most people thought. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. To this point, they haven't. My team is in that same division, and they've already technically sold today. But I think that's it. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pittsburgh Pirates thought, people think that, they just assume that their all-stars, Mitch Keller and David Bednar, are as good as gone. This is a last-place team. They had that good run, and now they're 45 and 57, and they're 11 and a half games out of first place. They're like, ah, write, write the Pirates off. I think the Pirates, their GM, Ben Charrington, he recognizes that at some point you have to keep some of these people, and at, at some point this team will be good again. And that's kind of the theme for a lot of these teams. It's like, you can't just be sellers forever. So... I think though Santana was a rentals. They have him. He's a free agent, but I think they keep Bednar. I think they keep Mitch Keller. You build around him. People just assume that Brian Reynolds will be gone too. And he resigns. So it's a new era in Pittsburgh. Um, I think they see the winning formula. It's there. I don't think this is it. No more selling. Please just don't sell anymore. Okay. I can see that. I'm begging you. Oh, my hands and knees. Please stop selling. (laughs) We've had enough. We don't want to see it anymore. No more. Buck stops here, please. Um, okay, team that will regret their trade deadline the most. I think if the Mets don't sell, they are going to go into like if you are the New York Mets, how do you not sell at the deadline? And everyone's saying, no, 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 but they can again the false hope thing, they could still make the playoffs. You're paying Verlander and Scherzer a ungodly amount of money to not do what they are supposed to be doing. The team is a mess. They can't catch a, a pop-up in the infield. Like, I just, I feel like, honestly, at this point, you sell and you start rebuilding for next year because there are too many pieces that are not working out as well. Lindor's not having a great year. It's just been a nightmare for Mets fans. And you went out in the offseason, you spent so much money. At the very least, you can get maybe a fraction of some of that back and rebuild for the next year. Maybe instead of, you know, going after the older guys for millions and millions of dollars, we start to really focus on the farm system and get young top talent. Just my opinion. Obviously you keep some of the veterans for postseason caliber in 2024. But again, I think look at the Orioles right now. They're using all young kids and they're doing fantastic. I'm sorry. I'm very passionate about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you're in it. You live it. You're on Long Island. You, you yeah. experience this, this Mets frustration kind of leaks into your everyday being. Um, I'm right there with you. I think the, I had two teams. I had the Padres and the Mets. But with the Mets, they're the oldest team in baseball by far. They like Scherzer, Verlander, they're making $86 million combined. Verlander is weirdly like attached himself to, he's like holding his breath and he's like a little kid in Walmart that's like, no, I don't want to go. He's just like stomping his feet and holding his breath until he turns purple. That's what Justin Verlander is doing with the Mets right now. He's like, I came here to win. I only want to win here. I swear to God, I'm 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 never leaving. You have to drag me out by my cold dead corpse. Um, it's just it's like a weird thing. It's like Verlander, like chill out, man. Like we get it. Like obviously the the idea when you go to a team is not is that is that they would not suck and that you would be able to win there, but it's not working because you're a cool 17 and a half games out of first place. So. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. just let it go, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I could see him going to the Giants, though, low-key. They were rumored to be looking at him. Just saying. That could be a big one. I, that would be a fun one. There's right? teams that like could definitely use Justin Verlander. Like He's he's kind of leveled out. He did suck when he's like 
first half of this year, but he's definitely kind of leveled out. Um, he's doing better than Scherzer, but yeah, I just I just thought it was weird the the like holding his breath until he like collapses part of Verlander. He's like, no, 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 I'm a Met. I'm going to be a Met forever. Um, I will die as a Met. I will retire I will as a Met. Die. Leave me alone. That's who spend all this money. The Padres have spent all this money, and it would be a tough sell to tell their fan base we suck, even though they do, but they haven't admitted it yet. Their actions have led you to believe that they don't suck to this point. But they're how many games out of first place are San, are the Padres? They're ten games out of first place. They're five games under five hundred. Please just the it's rip the bandaid off. Hater Snell, replenish that farm system. Just just yeah. do it. You, you don't need them. Snow. They're they're free agents. Will it affect ticket sales? Maybe, but I mean, I know fans have been pack, you've been packing Petco, and it's it's a fourth place team already. So yeah, Padres. If they don't sell, big, big regret. I completely agree. I, I mean, in all seriousness, like, think about the year Snell is having right now. Ever since, might I add, Kerry Sanchez became his catcher. He's just unstoppable. But in all, in all seriousness, this is probably one the time to see what you can get for Blake Snell. And again, it was rumored in the beginning. I had it in my notes earlier this week. I said, oh, they're putting Blake Snell on the market. And then... Literally the next day they go, nope, he's not. He's not getting he's not getting traded. So I don't I don't know what's happening right now. Snow literally has the lowest ERA in baseball <laughs> for a pitcher, yeah. for a starting pitcher. Um yeah, even as a rental, like that if you just saw what the, the White Sox got in exchange for Giolito, you could get way more prospects for Blake Snow. So yeah, yeah, that's that's an easy and then also haters ERA is under one. So that's that's a no-brainer. Um yes. the most confusing team at the deadline. We probably are in agreement on this. It's the Chicago Cubs. It's yes. one of those things where we talk about where it's like they keep winning, but at the wrong time. Like they should have had the streak like a month ago. I know. I completely agree. And literally everyone on Twitter is going, what do you mean? They're doing so well. They're hot right now. I'm like, okay, that's that's not making any difference in the standings or the wild card race. Just because they're succeeding right now and they have Stroman and they have Bellinger that can app absolutely get really good talent for sell 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 like what are we doing and the next year you could actually be taken more seriously like i feel like this year the cubs came in and everyone's like oh it's a wild card i don't know maybe they'll be good maybe they won't be good maybe they'll be like mid and just not living up to expectations and now you want to start winning and it's too late sorry sell the team, <laughs> sell the team. <laughs> um i think at the beginning of the year i had them as one of my surprise teams yeah I think I think I did. I I don't think people expected them to like be a World Series contender. Um, no. I, what are they? I think they're a game under five hundred right now. They yeah they've won five in a row. They've won uh, seven out of the last eight. This is the one time of the year where if you're like a realist and you're like stop winning, stop it. Yeah, you're giving us false hope that we don't have or don't need. Um, they here's the thing with the Cubs though. The last two trade deadlines, they've sold and they've sold hard. So it would be a tough thing for them to tell their fans third year in a row doing the same thing. Cause it's like at yeah. some point they're going to stop trading everybody. You hope. Yes. yes. It's just this year it. might not be the year. So maybe next year we'll have this conversation. <laughs> next year, give it one more year. And then next year, if it's an issue again, then maybe I will allow you to not sell and make a run. I don't, yeah, they're not making the playoffs. It's, Oh, MLB Network had a I haven't I haven't planned this, but MLB Network had a tweet 
that I thought was good. It says, which team that entered today four more games out of a postseason spot will make the playoffs and why? And it had like the in the hunt graphic where it's like Red Sox, Yankees, Angels, Mariners. Uh, they're all, they're all like four games out. But like, is there? I don't think any of these teams that are like fringe wild card teams are hopping up. No, absolutely not. Well, maybe the Yankees, but other than that, no. I, I just like Cubs. No, Padres. No, Mets. No. It's like stop it. Stop trying to convince yourselves you're good. You're not. Oh, that was very mean. <laughs> Stop trying to convince yourself you're good. Stop Enough. having hope. Lose all hope. It's true. Except who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the theme of it's the theme of today's episode. Um, okay, that was a lot of trade deadline. I think to end this week, we're gonna do a little palate cleanser. Yep. A couple stories, not trade related. Maybe we'll get the vibes up. My first one is about the Nationals, and they have a backup infielder named Michael Chavis. And he is the owner-operator of a full-size popcorn machine inside the Nationals clubhouse. I love this story when I saw it on MLB.com. He gets to the ballpark early, and he like experiments with different seasonings, different oils. He's loved it since he was a child. He has a strong affinity to popcorn, grown up with him and his mom. Every day, he gets there early, and he makes little bags for everybody. And he writes little hand notes, handwritten notes for every single bag. And he gives a special one to Davey Martinez, the manager. And Michael Chavis is the perfect example of you look at the stat sheet and you're like, ah, he's not hitting that well. He's playing like 28 games, but he's invaluable to that clubhouse because good vibes are infectious. It's like what Gerardo Parra was the baby shark. Like, could that guy hit? No, but he was a good vibes guy. So um, that's kind of the same, just like clubhouse chemistry, chief, whatever you want to call it. Value felt beyond the field palate cleanser, Michael Chavis. I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. I really like the popcorn. That's that's cool. That's actually pretty sick. Just walking in, you get that fresh smell of like movie theater popcorn nice. and you hear the little kernels popping. Like, I think, yeah, every team needs to have a Michael Chavis on their team. Agreed. We're now, Michael, we're now a Michael Chavis podcast. He is very funny. I have seen some of his videos and like interviews that he's done. Um, I had another one. I think it's hilarious. The epidemic of people wearing Yankees jerseys with the name on the back. We've talked about it at nauseum, but we're talking about it again because I saw this on Twitter the other night. Um, Don Van Nata Jr., no idea who that is, he tweeted out a photo, said, stay in school, kids, and it was a photo at a Yankees game where a guy had a Joe DiMaggio number five jersey on, and it had the name on the back, but that wasn't even the worst part because they misspelled DiMaggio. DiMaggio is spelled D-I-M-A-G-G-I-O. This guy's fake Jersey from China probably says D-I-M-M-A-G-I-O. I don't even know how you would pronounce that. Kate, how would you pronounce what his jersey is? Demagio. Demagio. <laughs> this just gets even worse in the sense that this man's number is retired. It's literally retired. Like, I don't understand how you get that spelling wrong. Are you out of your mind? Like, that is what's the most mind-boggling. I'm looking, I'm like, this is like having, like, like for current people, like, Jeter's name spelled wrong on the back of a jersey. Jeter with you, a that's G. That's a disgrace. You'd get kicked <laughs> out of Yankee Stadium for that. They'd be like, like, oh, like, Jeter, like, J-E-D-E-R. Like, if someone had that on the back of the jersey, they would literally kick them out of Yankee Stadium and say, you don't belong here. Sorry. I don't make the Somebody rules. needs to police this. There should absolutely be some sort of like, yes. hey, man, you can't come into the game today. Or, hey, how about this? You have to become a Mets fan now. You do this at Yankee Stadium, you have to become a Mets fan. Yep. 
I, was it the? I think it was the Subway Series too, right? That you sent me them. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, it was on the 26th. I don't 26th, know. I don't know yeah, when this. That, that would be the. Oh, unless the photo was taken another time. I think it was probably from the 25th because this guy did it in the morning. Um, so but yeah, funny. that's you can't can't have it. Literally, yeah, one up. of the all-time greatest Yankees. Like, I, they don't make jerseys like that. Like, it's not like a baseball card where it's like a cool thing to have an error. It's like, ooh, no. it's like this is a misprint. It's 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 like no, dude, you got a name with the, got a name on the back of a Yankees jersey and you spelled it wrong. So, yep. um, I just thought that was funny. I want to put this out on TikTok again, and I want to see what the comments will be. Um, people are like, oh, just let the guy do whatever, man. It's his jersey. You can live. wear it on the back as long as it's not spelt wrong. That could be the new rule. <laughs> Is if that you the new spell rule? <laughs> the player's name wrong, are you out of your mind? Are you actually out of your mind? And also, DiMaggio, <laughs> you spell his name wrong? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm heated now. No, I'm mad. <laughs> that really pissed me off. God. It should. It should piss everybody off. It's yeah. embarrassing. So that's crazy. Yeah. I, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, given our longstanding history of names on the back of Yankees jerseys, I think we might be the preeminent source for all things back of name, back of Jersey name, Jersey. I think I just had a stroke. You got it. Um, you, got it. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. How to bring that up. Was there anything else that you've seen around the game that kind of, before we wrap up this week? Oh, I'll add a little guy, a little guy in there. So yesterday, again, if you listen to our podcast for a while, you know, Justin, and I don't call benches clearing brawls brawls because they're not brawls. There are no punches thrown. Again, we need to come up with another word, but Rangers Astros game, the bench is clear. Adalas Garcia hits a grand slam ultimately ends up. I don't know if it was tying the game or either taking the lead. It was one of those. And I remember he hit a home run again against Garrett Cole earlier this month. And he does a, he does a nice trot. You know, he likes to really take his time. And I don't mind it. I like it. I like the pimping of the home runs. I think it's good for baseball. Apparently, the Ranger Astros had a little bit of an issue with that because then the catcher goes up, says some stuff to Garcia. The bench is clear out. And again, no punches were thrown, so it's hysterical. But if you look in, there was a clip of the bullpen running out. And it's Chapman and El Tuve just sitting there, like shooting the shit, hysterically laughing during the bench clearing brawl. I thought that was so funny, especially because I think it was Chas McCormick two nights ago that hit the bomb off of Chapman, and then Bastos ultimately ended up winning the game. And then everyone was like, "Oh yeah, El Tuve tossed the torch over to McCormick. Now he owns Chapman too." And then actually Chapman and El Tuve are just sitting there shooting the shit. I thought that was so funny. But yeah, again, benches clear. No th- punches were actually thrown. But what's really good is the Texas rivalry is still alive and well, which we love. Again, both vying for first place. So I'm here for it. I think it's super fun for baseball. As a Rangers podcast, I would like – it just pissed me off because they, they went high and tight on Nate Lowe. And I'm like – and then I think he had a home run on the neck in the same at-bat. So it's like – good for Nate, Nathaniel. Um, yeah. I think he goes by Nathaniel. I don't know why I just called him Nate. Uh, Wait, you guys are close like that. Yeah, we're we're boys. Uh, yeah. Two time recurring guest, friend of the pod. Um, yeah, what a wild scene! My favorite part of all of that was just like the bullpen catcher, uh, full sprint. That's the hardest that guy's ever run in his life. He has a chest protector still on, so that even that just like as we've learned with with the Yankees bullpen catcher Colin, um, no chest protector. So it's a little odd that yeah. he has his on. Agreed. That is also the best part about 
when the bench is clear is when they run out from the bullpen. I'm sorry that you can't tell me that is not the best part of them coming out from the bullpen. It's so funny. What do they expect? What are they thinking is going to happen? I don't know. Like my favorite is, I think this was last year. It was like a Cardinals. I want to say it was a Cardinals Mets got into a kerfuffle. It wasn't even a scuffle. It was a, it was, yeah, not a brawl, a kerfuffle. Giovanni Gallegos, like the, the bullpens were emptying out. And I think this is in St. Louis. And like everybody's like running out of like the door that runs out onto the field. Giovanni Gallegos like flipped over the wall. He like grabbed the wall and he like hoisted himself over it for no reason. It was one of my favorite clips. And like I just tweeted it out. And I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, so I'll always remember that. Shout out Giovanni Gallegos. It's like, it's like the meme where it's like a, a little tiny gate is like all that separates. And you just go around it. So it's, yeah, I don't, I don't get that at all. I love that. I love that. All taught. I love, I love bullpens just emptying out. I, yeah, not a brawl. It's got to be something. It's a, it's a benches clearing incident. Incident. Uh, That's a good one. Bench clearing incident. Right. Argument. Benches clearing argument. Benches clearing discussion. <laughs> That's all it is. They just they like, don't talk. get an argument out of it. They <laughs> discuss. They have a civil, organized discussion. Yeah, perfect. I'm here for so, it. So, MLB trade deadline next week. Everything we said, everything we predicted, will be exactly right. So, we like to take credit for being 100 percent accurate on all things that we mentioned on this podcast. Uh, it's been fun, Kate. I'm just glad that we're back to being 100 um, percent right about all things all the time. So, I think it's how we'll leave it today. Beautiful. Thanks. Okay. That was so fun. Yep. Thank, thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next week. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music.